Okay, welcome to Broken Silicon, a computer technology and gaming podcast by Moore's Law is Dead. I am Tom of Moore's Law is Dead, and I am joined by... Dan, his brother. Yeah, that's right. And so, for those who haven't listened to this podcast before, which certainly none can dispute, it would be 100% of you listening to this one. (laughs) Uh, This is the first episode. It's modeled a lot after Sacred Symbols and other kind of news gaming podcasts of the sort. This one, though, if you like Adored TV or a lot of, or (laughs) hopefully my channel, Moore's Law is Dead, channels that cover PC hardware news, but also go into gaming a lot. That's the kind of stuff we will be covering, but we don't just cover PC gaming. It's about the hardware, and hardware is in phones, consoles, all types of stuff. Let's see. I guess, I don't know. I guess people know who I am. You know, I'm an engineer. I I, uh, did a lot of, like, international study stuff in college. Uh, Dan, you know, will be my Chris Ragon, like, in Sacred Symbols. He will be. He's the dumb one of the family, really. Dan, why don't you tell people what what you do? Yeah, so I guess I'm pretty stupid. Um, So I'm a uh, biomedical researcher. Currently, I'm trying to... uh, pursue a career in developmental biology and specifically i study vascular or vein development in (laughs) zebrafish he's an idiot and so (laughs) uh, it's always funny because when people ask me what you do i'm like yeah he's a geneticist He, he studied bioinformatics which is like programming dna is that am i completely wrong when i tell people that well, I studied genetics. I did some bioinformatics, but that was never my main focus. And uh, most of what I do is with uh, is with uh, gene editing. So you hear CRISPR a lot in the news, and, and, it's and that's all pretty Dan. much where the entire Dan field of biology CRISPR. is right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's all it is. So, all I mean, like in terms entirety. of when it comes to computers, I mean, we're pretty much just self-taught and understanding how to overclock. Like anyone who does that, you know, I think we've always been pretty good at. Just looking through data, like we both are, we both seem to enjoy that. <laughs> like as a mechanical engineer, I've had to yeah. do lots of research. And I also wrote a lot of papers for like basically political arguments for like international trade things. And it's like, I just enjoy looking things up. And I mean, I have done some programming. I actually did do a engineering project, my senior design project, uh, was involving plastic heat sinks, uh, these experimental plastic heat sinks, which I thought were actually a very fascinating idea. So, I mean, like, in terms of professional exposure to computers, we both know what programming is. We've both done it, but we're, we haven't made any games ourselves. Yeah, and, like, for me specifically, um, I've, uh, I've uh, to an extent, learned a few programming languages. I'm never, I would not say at all that I was ever an expert in any of them. I think you've done more programming I, than me, honestly. I, I, but yeah, yeah, I, I pick up on them pretty fast. Like, for example, my C++ class in high school, there was usually a line at my desk as long as the teachers. Yeah. Uh, and what's really funny, I find, though, is it's good we only dabbled in it. You've a little more than dabbled because at least when I was in college, what was so funny for me was all of the computer science majors knew 
effectively jack shit about computer hardware if we're being complete i'm gonna be honest that that's my experience i'm not saying everyone i mean there's plenty of computer scientists that know everything about computer hardware but and those are usually the best ones at it actually but the average computer scientist usually spends all day on a computer programming and i notice likes cars or guns or something and at least where i went to college uh all of the mechanical engineers loved computers, and all of the electrical <laughs> engineers liked uh, hot cars. It, I think it's just because <laughs> either way, you're building things, but if your job is one thing, you want your relaxation to be the other. That's just what I found. So that's what I'm saying is it's good, perhaps, because then we can actually look at the actual facts of the end product, and we don't get annoyed we're talking about what we do at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true where even with if you go to a career following your passion specifically like what i was doing uh i have to have friends outside of biology because i don't want to talk about biology 100 percent of the time <laughs> which is why you still talk to me right and that's why the only reason yes the only reason yeah yeah, yeah. anyways getting to the news <laughs> yeah all right so number one Right off the bat is just going to be talking about Computex. I'll have probably one link, you know, that anyone who's listening to this can go to, but Google AMD Computex because there's just too much for me to just even bother putting a bunch of links to what we're talking about. The fact is AMD revealed, and it's funny, Dan, I actually wanted to ask you this for this part because uh, I was watching it on like my laptop while I watched, I think, Chernobyl? <laughs> And I decide, I know, and Good. so in between watching people die of radiation burns, I like, I realized, oh, this is actually an interesting conference because you never know with AMD. I remember some of their or conferences. Or any press conference, really. But yeah, sometimes literally nothing is even announced. It's like, hey, we updated Relive and they spent an hour. <laughs> that was the biggest announcement. Luckily, this wasn't one of those times. So... I realized this was going to be the announcement of a lot of things. And I, Dan, what, what did I do to you? What were you doing? Actually, I kind of want to frame the conversation that way. Cause I've talked about it. Um, three videos. No one cares I what know. I think anymore. Yeah. yeah what, what was I doing? I don't know. I was probably playing video games or something like that. Or, okay. or what? I don't know. Watching something. It might have also been Chernobyl, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So, what did what was I my message to you? Did you just get it? <laughs> uh yeah. Dan, are you available? And then I said yes, and then you called me immediately. <laughs> and I said, Dan, I think I'm gonna make a video and try to drop it literally right after Computex comes out. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I wanna bounce these ideas off of you. Which for those who don't know, when me and Dan joke if we're close, it's cause we're kind of twins at this point and so we talk pretty much every day and so a lot of the videos you've seen have been bounced off of him and by a lot i mean probably basically all of them <laughs> uh so and this was one where i wanted to get it out really quickly without much editing and so i bounced like and so i talked through it with him while we were watching it and what was your opinion of seeing the processors demoed and revealed like um. what were you thinking I, I mean, yeah, I, I was impressed by the prices and performance, the price performance that they were introducing. I would say especially so with the CPUs, the uh, GPUs, they didn't get into as many specifics 
as they did with <laughs> as the, in any <laughs> yeah they're like oh it's it's no about, specifics one of our cards is this strong uh <laughs> And did you know that since then I've seen people like benchmark their cards against the benchmark they showed and no one can get the numbers they did for either card? (laughs) So we have no idea what that was. We don't know what settings they were using. We don't know. It could have who we literally have no clue what that is. And I just and that's why, like when I did my video for Computex, I talked about Ryzen for about. 12 minutes and then i spent 30 seconds saying yeah amd said nothing about navi nothing has changed in that regard yeah and i've heard that uh i've heard some rumors that it's probably going to be fully unveiled at a3 i haven't looked yeah. into that at all so and that would make sense so it's yeah hopefully next week we see more on uh on what their gpu lineup is actually going to be before we move on i actually do want to bring up something you just said and that I was impressed by the price performance because I think the novice tech sites are also excited, but I don't typically talk to the novices at this point. It's basically people who only read tech news constantly, and a lot of them were let down by the price performance. And that's why I let out, I, I released a couple of videos basically talking about, guys, Let's actually break down what AMD is doing. They're, the 3800X is trading blows with a 9900K, and the 3800X is going to be $400. That's $100 cheaper, and that's like best-case scenario. Usually the 9900K is over 500 although it's creeping lower now. And it also comes on a platform that is cheaper. You don't need X570 motherboards for the 8-core. It's... A 100 watt CPU. It'll run on your existing one fine. You can get an $80 motherboard and the equivalent of a 9900K, and it uses less energy, so you don't need <laughs> anything but the box cooler. We're talking about AMD almost bringing performance, price performance cut in half, and people are mad it wasn't cut down by a third. And I'm just, it's like, do you guys want AMD to go out of business? <laughs> like, I don't get it. Yeah. I- I, I don't know. It's, it seems like uh, people constantly build up their expectations to be let down by them. Like, it seems... Especially with AMD releases, I guess. Yeah, yeah it seems that uh, people always expect price performance to uh, increase uh, astronomically every year. And just if we've been looking at the space for... I don't know. I mean, I've been in this... I've been keeping up in the space for what seven years now probably so yeah uh, and this has literally never been true for me so uh, i guess maybe i'm yeah I, I maybe i was established in a somewhat unique era of tech of uh of tech because every time it's i see some huge big new thing come out my first thought that i always have to suppress is Wait, is this even allowed? Like, I remember actually thinking that when I saw when HBM two was yeah. not HBM two. HBM was being released. Like, I thought it just had to be GDDR five because that's it. There's that's, a that's GDDR five is like years. fifteen years old. Yeah, like, like it, it was there before we were there. It's been, it's still being used. Uh, the thing that I also want to hit the last thing I want to say about that and people complaining about the price is. I feel like at least the, a lot of the tech tubers I follow for the past three years have said, hey, if you guys don't support AMD, prices are never coming back down. And then they set it for three years straight. 
correct. <laughs> and it's like, I, I'm not trying to be smug or a jerk about it. It's just, it seems like those same people that said, oh, if you guys don't watch out, I'm going to be right. Yeah, you were right. Yeah, and like, that's what concerns me about this And it's space. like it's like these same people said this was going to happen for three years, and then it has, and now they can't believe it's happened. <laughs> yeah, that's what concerns me about this space so much. It seems like people are almost just pricing themselves out of the market. Where they are. They're willing to just incrementally spend more money and hell buy I mean, a cut down even, card with 11 gigabytes of ram for 1300 dollars. those people <laughs> yeah it's well, they would never do that who would buy a cut down card for over a thousand dollars i don't know well, every titan <laughs> yeah i i don't know it's just at this point that that's almost the standard is cut down is always being sold as high end and We've just slowly accepted that by voting with our money. And typically that's used, well, you vote with your money in capitalism by not buying something. But we voted, yes, we yeah. screwing We us. voted, we'll take whatever we want, uh, whatever you can give us. Yes, master. And it's <laughs> funny, I remember seeing the 2080 Ti review and arguing with people that I thought it was a pretty good card. Because it was actually like, in 4K, it was you know 40% stronger than the 1080 Ti which I didn't think it would achieve. I thought it'd be 25. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. 4K. Yeah, that's good. And I remember all these people saying, you know, just complaining to me going, I I remember there was one of the first comments I put, and this is like, you know, months before I ever made this channel. And I just said, I think NVIDIA's biggest mistake with the RTX series was calling the 2080 Ti not a Titan. <laughs> they should have just called it the Titan and people wouldn't have complained because they did in yeah. the previous few years. And that's what I find so funny is I, I remember that. I mean, we will save this for another podcast, but I think one thing we should touch on in the future is just our disillusion with reality. When we saw the Titan selling out the Kepler Titan in 2000, uh, I think I was uh, 13. Uh, how disillusioned we were with people when we were like, "It's they can't keep it in stock. A $1,000 card that's 30% stronger than my $500 card. And they're saying it, yeah. but it's, it's literally because they called it a Titan. Yeah, and I remember seeing the first Titan. I remember seeing the first Titans coming out. And um, I remember uh, this was when I was a Tom's Hardware frequent poster people talking about um how how insane it is how much stronger it's getting when if you actually did the math it's this is this is a standard performance increase guys <laughs> there's nothing crazy about this maybe a there, maybe there a, was a good standard i forgot which youtuber increase, said but, this it may it was either probably good old gamer or adored they literally like showed a tom's hardware review what can we say that and they said it like it was a good thing right the titan is the strongest graphics card sure there's the 7970 gigahertz which also comes in six gigabytes but at best an overclock 7970 gigahertz will be the same performance they said at best as if it's okay <laughs> oh that was yeah, good old gamer i'm pretty sure and i'm just like yeah that's the point it's less than half as much money. <laughs> and yeah, on a quick sidetrack, another thing we've lost all this time is uh, the 7000 series. And those cards were such great overclockers. And I really feel like we haven't seen 
something like that since where honestly i got best pe- i got uh maxwell was good yeah but outside of maxwell vega 64 and 56 are the best overclockers well yeah i mean i guess the in tw- terms of increasing performance maybe yeah. not clock speeds but <laughs> you take a vega 56 you flash it to a 64 you Which lower I've the done. voltage <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that's what dan has by the way uh, and I thought you had a Titan Volta. <laughs> and uh, I actually have six Titan Voltas, but <laughs> uh, just so you, uh, I'm gonna say it. Just so you guys know where Dan's coming from. Dan thought the pricing on the 1080 was so stupid that in our uh, Facebook chat group, his name is still 1080. <laughs> it's still t- your name is still 1080 for the win. Because everyone again is like, how can the 2080 cost $700? And it's like, the 1080 cost that much during that holiday season. And Dan named himself 1080 for the win during, and he haven't changed it for years. And I think he should just keep it forever. All right. So hopefully we won't dwell that much on every news story. But yeah, I figure I, since this is the first one and we just started this <laughs> podcast, now people really know who we are. So I'm going to move on here. All right. Tycoon Bell writes in from Reader Mail. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can also write in. He says, based on your current knowledge <laughs> on Navi, what is the best recommendation you can make with regards to upgrading from a Vega 64 to upcoming Navi, especially with emphasis on improvements on thermals and i'm just gonna say right out of the gate i guys i think there will be a big navi stronger of course than even my radeon 7 for sure but the idea it it it, it depends it's the idea that you're gonna get double the performance for any amount of time is almost gone i think we're getting to the (laughs) limits of what we can do with modern technology and graphics we're certainly not there yet i think we'll get four or five x performance in about five years maybe if we're lucky but after that you know and remember that's going to be like 1.2 times 1.2 times 1.2 over five years or something so I mean, if you want better than Vega 64 performance, it will come, but don't expect it to be more than 30%. Well, I'd say more than 50% stronger, and it might not be here until next year. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I guess also, like what I said earlier, uh, we really don't know what Navi is yet. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's RDNA, Dan. (laughs) Um Let's just add DNA onto everything so it always sounds cool and innovative. What if we uh, called this the CRISPR series? <laughs> Every That's biologist a, in town would be buying Never it. mind. Let's call it the CRISPR blockchain series. <laughs> now we got two buzzwords there. It's a thir- uh, I can't think of a third buzzword right now. Um, and you could make a green edition of each card and like pretend it's solar powered or something. Uh, I, we can guarantee this chip was made with zero coal. Uh, <laughs> shit all my cards are made with coal <laughs> uh, I knew I shouldn't have bought this from Russia but yeah I, I don't know I guess that's my opinion is just we don't know what it is yet it could be it, it, it could be impressive it could be just a decent graphics card series I, I guess I don't know what the top end is going to be right now they've only shown off like 
uh, what fifty seven hundred. So I feel like, and we don't even know what that means. We don't yeah. know fifty seven hundred. They just changed naming schemes again. We don't. For all we know, fifty seven hundred is the same as a five ninety or a Vega sixty four. Except I'm pretty sure it's the equivalent of a five eighty. And I feel like based on how the market go- has gone since I've seen it, uh, seven is never the top ranking mark for a graphics card that's just a weird place to end unless there's one before i started getting into this space that i forgot about but what i find so funny about the 5700 is there was this leak about navi 12 which i based a lot of my information on for that one big video i did the navi lineup before it was announced and i don't think people realize just because that navi 12 leak came out that doesn't mean the 5700's navi 12 i still think it's navi 10 but if it is Navi 12, yeah, I don't know. We're getting some insane performance increases. AMD's basically been lying for the past six months, <laughs> if that's true, though. Like, let's just be clear. That's the level of sandbagging going on. Like, that means they're killing the 2080 Ti. But I don't think that's the case. I think that's a cut-down Navi 10. And there will be a full one that's the 580. And then some... I, I still like the idea of them having a special edition that's like 16 gigabytes. Just because, <laughs> why not? And if it can get close to a 2080 with 16 gigabytes, frankly, that's already what the Radeon 7 strategy is. So, yeah, they're premium for their premium card that's meant for like 30 people. But <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but mine's red, so it's and it is a very nice red. My card, it is a good red. My card is verifiably not red. So I mean, certainly none could dispute. That no one it could is a dispute different... that it's red. <laughs> Moving on to number two, uh, AMD is continuing to outsell Intel in a lot of do-it-yourself markets. I don't know that we need to dwell on this one for that long, but I actually put two links here. I saw this, and I know like Ryzen's selling incredibly well in Germany because, I don't know, I guess they're not stupid there. And then here in America, though, if you go on Amazon US, and I'm looking at it right now, number one spot, R520... 600 which it should be and then and then 9900k and then then 2700x 2600x 2200g so then there's three ryzen processors above the next i5 then a 2700 then an i7 and an i5 it's basically very clear that amd is probably outselling intel at least on the do-it-yourself market in america as well i think they're winning market share yeah yeah like most enthusiasts and if you look at if you look at all, uh, and if you look down the list, that's just how it goes pr- for pretty much the entire time until you get down to about number thirty in the market. Then, then it starts to become. A more I mean, even the uh, I want to point this out: the but, FX eighty three fifty is almost tied with the ninety seven hundred K in sales, which actually kind of blows my mind because <laughs> if you were like an esports gamer, I would tell you to get a ninety seven hundred K. I'm a little confused as to. Why is everyone getting Which the 9900K? It doesn't make any sense. And to be fair, I don't know how much. It, these don't represent the drop off in sales for each list, for each number. But so we don't know if it's, a yeah. very st- if it's a steep drop off at any given point or what. I'm guessing this drop off to the 8350 is probably steep, but who knows? I might just be talking. Yeah, but ass. I think this is good enough that we can say AMD's probably outselling them. And that's because number one's AMD, number two is yeah. Intel, 
and then the next three in the top five are AMD, and then you get one Intel, then another AMD, and then it basically just goes Intel, AMD, back and forth all the way down. And so, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, AMD's at, like, it, for people who build their own computers, it is, I think, very clear that it, more than a small majority are buying AMD at this point. And this is before Zen 2's even out. And I do think it's because of Mindshare. It's not, their prices are good. I mean, look at that. I mean, it's honestly ridiculous when I read this list. The 2700X is almost half the price of the 9900K. It's like 10, 20% weaker. This is absolutely ridiculous. Again, imagine if graphics cards were like that. Yeah. Imagine if AMD had a $600 graphics card 15% weaker than the 2080 Ti. No one, like, this is ridiculous. I, I think the most important data point we have as well is number 37 oh, yeah. is a. Cuisinart food processor. <laughs> so I think I think the Cuisinart food processor it's might be it's outselling the fifteen hundred X. So <laughs> better luck next time. All right, let's move on to number three. And that's actually just kind of feeding off of the general trend of this part of the podcast. Qualcomm's demoing a seven watt. I believe eight core laptop processor that's tying an Intel 15 watt i5. And this is something I keep any person I ask who's informed. And this is also my opinion. When is it, you know, is arm going to take on Intel? I say it's when, not if they're going to enter the times 86 market. This is insane. They haven't yet, frankly. Yeah. Because when I saw that you sent me this and when I was looking at it, I, I was kind of, just surprised. Wait, Qualcomm is seems to be trying to now be targeting Intel. There's they're definitely trying to make a bid to get into. They've the been PC trying space for a while. Point. They don't have a Times eighty six license. Only AMD, Intel, uh, Via have a Times eighty six license. So they're the only ones who can to the metal make a processor for this market. But Qualcomm's yeah. been getting so good at the emulation that they're now challenging an i five. Now, I don't think – keep in mind, I'm sure they cherry-pick those benchmarks. I'm sure there's some where the i5 is 10 times better. But I don't know. It looks better than the last time I saw them make a push. And this is what I'm talking about when I say Intel. I'm very concerned about Intel. AMD is going to take server market share. They're going to take some high-end laptop market share. And they're for sure I – mean, I mean, we just talked about it. They took the do-it-yourself market, and this is before Zen 2 is out. So where does that leave Intel? Well, I think they'll be in a lot of budget gaming builds in about two years from now, especially if they ever get down to pile driver prices where they might have like a $200 10-core. I'm not saying that's going to happen, people. Don't yell at me. But I don't know, guys. The FX8150, the bulldozer one, started at like 250 and eventually that thing was like 100 bucks within a couple of years. So I'm just telling you, if things get bad, you'd be surprised <laughs> what they would – and they're yeah. overcharging. Just so you guys know. So they have room. I don't think they'll do it unless they have to. But yeah, that's the real worry I have about Intel is what if AMD takes the entire high end, which they're for sure taking server market share. There's just it doesn't matter what you do with 3D stacking. You need raw performance. And I mean, 64 cores, is it's over. So and the, but then there's the low end that ARM might be taking, which Intel is traditionally very good at. And that's I don't know. I <laughs> I'd be very worried if I was Intel. That's all I'm saying about this article here. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, like right now it looks like based on the benchmarks they're displaying, it doesn't look like they're going, this chip they have right here is going to compete with the super high end of Intel. But for standard people just trying to buy a laptop, there's no reason you would want to get the Intel above the Qualcomm Snapdragon aside from uh, market recognition. And Boomin writes in from Reader Mail as well, which you can do if you're a Patreon member on the Discord. Uh, will Intel have a decent response, or is this 2003 all over again? That's when, you know, the Athlon. Yeah, so maybe they will be able to respond, but it's not going to be next year's, and it probably won't be the year after that, so... AMD will likely have market dominance, and I would say AMD is definitely going to have market dominance with the Zen 3 series. Sorry, Ryzen 3 series. Um, And they're probably going to be the dominant dominant company for at least, I would say, I would say at least two years, like just based on literally what we know they've said, at least two years. And who knows, maybe it could be four. Yeah, I know. And there are people freaking out right now. Dan, five people just threw phones out of their car while they were driving. (laughs) But I don't know what else to tell you, right? It's like, here's what we know. Zen 2 is doubling performance. They're basically tied. And they're tied and AMD's outselling in the do-it-yourself market. We know Zen 3 might double Zen 2. We know we're getting to 4X performance. And we know Intel's only on 10-core processors for the next three years (laughs) so that's what else do we need to say there how could they not take substantial market share yeah it it, well they're going to take substantial market share that's already happening uh, intel will just bribe everybody okay (laughs) shit that's that's like oh yeah well that's a really good counterpoint But, I mean, uh, everyone's so used to AMD being the underdogs. It's like, look at how they're acting. They're clearly sandbagging already. They're clearly doing some milking early. No, AMD is prepared to take all the profits and market share right when they can. And, the, and frankly, it's because Lisa Sue is a good CEO, and she knows. If you actually go back and look at it, I think it was, yeah, it was Good Old Gamer again that talked about this, where he was like, they sold the 5870, a card 40% stronger then like 50% or something stronger than the 285, the GTX 285 with one gigabyte of RAM, more RAM. Well, I guess the same amount of RAM. And they sold it for like $400. NVIDIA, anytime they've gotten the lead has doubled the price of everything. Like, and you could mm-hmm. argue that's because AMD doesn't suck. And I would argue that's partially true. They weren't greedy before. That's a fact. Clearly look at the history. They were not greedy, but that means they never got to make any money for R&D. I think AMD always thought if they made a product twice as good, once they would have the ability to capture all the market share and that would be it. But what they learned is you actually have to do that like three times in a row. Like if we're being honest, right? NVIDIA did it with Maxwell and then Pascal. And that's when they really took like to 70%. Yeah. Like. You don't take all the market share until you crush the competition a few times in a row. 
And AMD never was able to do that, and they never charged enough money to pay for R&D. And so that's what, you know, that's what they're doing now. They're going to make sure they have a war chest so they can never fall behind again, which overall is good for the market. You don't want this. You want this to be the last time one of the companies sucks, because this keeps happening, where Intel sucked, and then AMD sucked, and now Intel (laughs) sucks again. No, what you want is them both to have tons of money and be actually throwing haymakers back and forth. And that happened briefly in the GPU space with AMD and NVIDIA, I'd say, from like 2008 to 2013. But then it just fell completely apart. And yeah, that and a system like that be replacing with what we've had, which is just this dynamic system where that quickly changes really fast. And when I say dynamic system, I'm saying dynamic system in the how much power they yeah, have. Yeah, like someone's in um, charge of the market or they're not. And it's just, I'm tired of that. All right, number five. AMD just signed a graphics technology deal with Samsung licensing their graphics IP for Exynos GPUs. I I mean, when I saw this, it's like, yeah, it's AMD's plan. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what they've been doing with the gaming market now for a while. So, this doesn't surprise me, but it's a... I don't know. Overall, I think a good business strategy and yeah, uh, other companies le- using their same technology, more innovation with that technology, I guess. Um, all right, let's move on again then. Uh, number seven. So there's unlocked editions of the RTX 2070 and 2080 on the way as as have been rumored for a long time, including on my channel. Um, do you have any thoughts on that, Dan? <laughs> Um, I, <laughs> I, I really don't have too many thoughts on this. Just trying to milk what technology they already have more, I guess. That's what that seems like to me. I mean, it's, it rem- I, I don't know if you remember during the Fermi days when AMD kept releasing new products and then nvidia they had like a 560 se a 560 a 560 ti a 560 ti 448 and then a 570 (laughs) and that was pretty funny how like they literally had performance differences every like 15 percent if that it may have been every 10 (laughs) percent yeah and i think the important thing to remember is you should have so many options that buyers don't even know what they're looking at anymore. <laughs> That's Actually, my first Intel build, I mean, uh, my first uh, desktop build almost had a 560 SE. I was literally like, uh, what? Like, I knew nothing. And I was like, hey, what's this? And they were like, I didn't know this existed. And it was a PC building advisor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I What I'll be a little curious about is just what they do with the old cards. That's always what I wonder. Because here's the thing, guys. The 2060, 2070 is like, I don't know, 13 to 15% stronger? That's not a lot of room. So I think their best bet is just to drop the 2070's price to where you would put a 2060 Ti. And there's also only like 20% between the 2070 and 2080 at most. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, like so I've always made the argument, I think they might phase out the old versions of the cards. Um, honestly, when you, when you said the, uh, I wonder what they're going to do, my first thought was phase out the old designs. I don't know if that's what they'll, they'll do, because I don't know the motivations behind 
making these two these two new SKUs? Uh, like, is it just they think they can limit off uh, their chips a little bit better so they can make more money? Or well, they've already they been doing? doing that actually. So the the twenty seventy Founders Edition literally had a different uh, code on it than the 2070 they sold to AIBs and it was on average about 10% stronger which of course there's your Nvidia marketing brilliance right there <laughs> we send 2070 founders editions to review websites and don't let them know that most 2070s are probably weaker than a Vega 64 <laughs> it's pretty funny to think yeah. about how brilliant that is it, it's and this is uh i'll just say it if you review technology you should be smarter than to fall for their bullshit you should if you review the 2070 you should be but i don't know what you do everyone's gonna fall for it because what do you name the review you're gonna call it 2070 founders and everyone's gonna think that's a 2070 there's nothing you can i I honestly don't know what i would even call the review like because you don't like because it isn't the same card as the aib 2070s Mm -hmm. they're changing that now but uh all right (laughs) moving yeah uh, yeah, I guess I guess they've already been doing it though. It's just now they're going to lower prices, almost is what you could argue. All right, moving on, the seven nanometer Samsung process is what Ampere is probably going to be using. Called this one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I will brag when I'm right. I called this for no reason. There were no rumors. I'm like I was looking at. I literally do this. I for my research sometimes I'm just going through the newest technology. I saw 858 millimeter squared, and I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, NVIDIA's going with Samsung, guys. <laughs> like, they need these giant cards. Do you have any yeah. opinions or things to say about that? Um, n- no. <laughs> no, there's not much to say. I guess the one thing I will say is I keep seeing people go, AMD needs to be on a newer node to have an advantage to be able to compete with NVIDIA, and that's just not true. That's not true. The way NVIDIA builds their cards, they make these gigantic monolithic dies. They've always done this. Always. Even going back to like 65 nanometer, you can see these massive like 600 plus millimeter squared dies. And then they cut the shit out of them for the mid-range cards. And that's always what their strategy has been, whereas AMD tends to have a lot of different die sizes that they mass manufacture. And because they are also a processor company, there's a lot of focus on getting to a newer node because efficiency per die space matters. NVIDIA doesn't care about that. They just need to be able to pump out millions of cards because they are the market leader. They do supply laptops in mass. They do support data centers they need to be able to they can't move to seven nanometer now because they're selling 10 million cards a year they can't move to seven nanometer now right like they're the yields there wouldn't be enough cards so that's why it's like and also 12 nanometers over double the die size uh if you die shrunk the 2080 ti it would still be like 50 percent bigger than radeon 7 (laughs) like this idea that like isn't it pathetic radeon 7 Trades blows with the 2080. No. If you die shrunk the 2080, it would still be 10% bigger. Which, yeah, interesting. Which... <laughs> it's like, so that pretty much lines up with the way the performance should be. The Radeon 7 is the size of a mid-range card. It's just very, very early yield, so they sold it as high-end. Yeah, which yeah, it's interesting just how uh, AMD is always, it seems to, at least for a long time, have always been able to have these really small die sizes, which... Uh, I mean, that just goes to 
constricted cash flow, they have to innovate more, which AMD has definitely been innovating more in the most recent years. But yeah, yeah. I guess that's all I have to say. Well, yeah, I'd say uh, NVIDIA is actually innovating somewhat often now. I yeah. will say, at least when I entered this space, it seemed like they weren't doing anything. But I think <laughs> I think the Island series, you know, Fiji, Pitcairn, Tonga, well, not Tonga, perhaps, but like going all the <laughs> way back to like Hawaii and all these old island names, Kare- uh, what was it, Karak? Koeko, Koreko, whatever the I, 6970 was, someone's going to scream at their phone right now because I got it wrong. <laughs> but yeah, all those island dice scared the shit out of NVIDIA. And that's because yeah. NVIDIA realized if it wasn't for their mind share, they would have lost the entire market <laughs> to a card half as big. Which is probably what they're a little worried about now. Moving on, number nine, NVIDIA patented 3080, 4080, <laughs> and 580. Now, okay, you laugh. NVIDIA patented the name 3080, 4080, and 5080 right before Navi was announced. And here's the thing. The rumor up until now, including the information I received, was they were going to call Navi 10 the 3080. Mm -hmm. And then NVIDIA was like, fuck that noise. (laughs) I just think that's hilarious. I'm telling you, I really think the 5700, they were like, oh, 50th anniversary. like Yeah, but... That Intel definitely caught wind of Nvidia. What they were Nvidia. Nvidia. De- yeah. <laughs> definitely caught wind of what they were planning on naming these things, and <laughs> just decided to copyright these three names. I, I'm just, it's just a funny story. <laughs> yeah, there's not much for me to say about it. I just think the uh, which brings us to our segment: Will AMD ever have a good graphics card naming scheme again? <laughs> Um, I feel I mean, like Vegas sixty four. I definitely remember not think being confused by the naming scheme at one point. So <laughs> that was a bygone era <laughs> where AMD wasn't switching naming schemes every goddamn six months. Well, and if uh, we're looking at AMD innovation, their biggest innovation is how fast <laughs> they create new naming schemes. <laughs> Well, and how many PowerPoints they create to tell you no information. (laughs) Anyone who calls us AMD fanboys, I don't know. I can shit on them just as much as in video. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's a funny throwing shade right there. Just We know what you're doing. Uh, uh, We're just killing the gaming In in 2015, if people remember, before Polaris and Vega came out, there was like a year of Polaris PowerPoints. And I remember one person on WCCF Tech in the comments saying, I think this is really innovative how AMD is slowly transitioning from a graphics card company into a PowerPoint presentation company. And I just remember that. I mean, Vega, how many PowerPoints did we see of Vega before it came out? Oh, my God. Uh, All right, we're off subject. Number 10. Xbox is publishing Steam, publishing uh, is Steam. publishing games on Steam and Xbox at the same time. Game Pass games will be coming to Steam, not just the Microsoft Store, right away. Which, yeah, I think this is very indicative of a strategy that I think we've seen over the course of this current generation. Um, Microsoft made their first console back in, when actually, 2000, right? I, <laughs> no, I, I think... Uh... I want to say it was 2001 or 2002. It came okay. out about a year and a half after the PS2. You need to look it up. Okay. Yeah. Put your, so, so put, we know. put your computer down. So we know. So 
And they didn't capture much of the market. Then they made the 360 and almost became... Well, (laughs) they technically got third place, but they took a huge (laughs) amount. They took a huge amount of the And I think they thought they would do that same gain again. Like they thought, oh, we're on an upward trajectory, so... And yeah, you could see the hubris when the Xbox One was initially announced. Like, if you you're not remember, excited, you aren't excited for NFL. <laughs> I mean, if you remember the when people were complaining about the DRM on the Xbox One, uh, yeah. their statement was, "We can't just flip a switch, get an Xbox 360." And that hubris led to them completely losing all of that market share they had gained. And yeah. now they're... Just, we don't they, even know how many they sell, they've sell. they sold. Yeah, I would they, guess they're 30 it. to 40. But I don't know. The fact that they still won't tell you. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so who knows? Anywhere from 30 million, like 25 million to 50 million seems to be... It's, yes. Maybe. It's within there for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it's just Microsoft has realized that this strategy isn't long-term the best idea. That's the only reason to be a fanboy to any of these companies is you like the I games agree. they make more. I just so, want to play the games, so I don't. I've always been confused by this. It's like they just announced Sony announced they're bringing like the Quantum Dream games and a couple other series to PC, and I'm like, cool. Yeah, more people, more people can play them. Detroit. Hey, and by the way, Heavy Rain, one of the best games I've played in my life. So now it's on PC. Now you can play it in 8K. Sounds good to me. Why would I be mad about that? I I, I don't know. I just want to play good games. And Microsoft will make more money and make more games if it's on PC, guys. Yeah, I mean, they make more games. Oh, yeah, they probably make more money if it was on PlayStation. Yeah, and <laughs> that seems to be the strategy they're working towards. So, hope it, hopefully that's. Which I mean, Steam keeps threatening them which... with Steam OS. <laughs> like every two years, Gabe Newell pretends he's going to make a new operating system. I'm going to say pretends because what the hell was well, that all through? I remember the first time they did it. I was like, oh shit! Are we now all this? the Linux people, all the Linux people now hate us too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be careful, man. It's like AMD fanboys, Linux fanboys. They will kill you. I remember if you what say am I... in... no, <laughs> okay. I... Uh, <laughs> I'm not getting into the Linux people. I'm sorry. Number I'm number eleven. Epic Game Store continues to be a mess. I saw they did a sale and then they had games pulled from their store because they didn't ask the publishers if they could sell the games on sale. I I believe I'm paraphrasing. I think that's what it was. I mean, I I don't have too much to say yeah. about Epic. They just. Uh, it's something I, I, it's, every Borderlands I've gotten besides I guess the first one we got on PS3 but me and Dan play co-op with a few friends every Borderlands when it comes out and the past two have been on PC and I've loved it on PC I love modifying the INI file I think it looks cleaner when you remove some of the outlined graphics that actually lower performance like, it, like I love playing Borderlands on PC especially because the game isn't that hard to run even though I think it's very pretty so all my laptops have always run Borderlands so if I'm traveling that's just awesome even a netbook I remember playing Borderlands 2 on at 16 frames a second but it worked <laughs> on a pinch and like that is fun but if it's on the epic game store i gotta be honest i might just get it on playstation and i don't want to get it on playstation but like it has nothing to do with it not being on steam if it was on origin or Uplay, i would just get it i don't care my problem is everything i've heard about the epic game store is a nightmare 
And to be fair, I think uh, Steam Steam has its uh, issues. Like it does. It, it so Steam. It seems like they've just. It seems like they add new features, which is great that they're adding new features, but they don't seem to ever update the UI. So it's just, uh, where should we put this new feature? I don't know. Throw it into one of the 12 tabs we have. Yeah. Um, and then you go into settings, like in the upper left hand or like file or whatever. And then like there's like 100 <laughs> options now in the drop down. I mean, look, we'll shit on Steam too. And I know everyone now hates us. I think so. That's everyone, right? I think we can pack up our bags. Everyone hates us. We shit on Steam. We shit on like we haven't hit mac yet but i think we can do it it's almost too easy they just <laughs> i mean you're laughing go, they go on. they just released a cheese grater for eight thousand dollars so what do you... it's a very nice cheese grater. it is a really nice looking cheese grater and i mean the size of the cheese wedges you could grade at once <laughs> yeah it's you could grade an entire wheel of parmesan <laughs> anyways <laughs> anyways so Steam has a lot of features and they're not organized, but I've never seen Steam not work. Pretty that's much. That's why Steam, especially lately, that's why Steam. The past year, it's been real still stable. dominant. You play's launch was incredibly <laughs> was problematic, where people were just like, "Okay, I'm just not buying you play games anymore because it takes me ten minutes to get onto you play." And even though those issues are mostly gone, it's when I boot yeah. up like a Ghost Recon's Wildlands, it's takes me longer to boot up it Ghost does. Recon's Wildlands than Sekiro. You know what's crazy, too, um, is I have to open it. it. It opens Steam, even if I open Wildlands through Uplay, I've noticed, <laughs> which is odd. I don't think Far Cry does that. I think Far Cry just lets me open it on Uplay. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it, Uplay certainly isn't perfect. When Uplay works well, it's pretty good. I, I, I don't mind Origin at all, and I know that... I have issues with Origin, but... Oh, okay. I think, well... <laughs> You've had problems There's, lately. So I've had issues. So I, I think it's, to a degree, part, some of my PC parts are getting old. But also, to I don't have these issues uh, with Steam ever. I think Steam verifies so the files. And I don't know that Origin goes back and checks files every now and then. <laughs> Number 12, Microsoft and Sony do a, a cloud gaming partnership. Dan, do you have any opinions? Well, anything to say on that? I mean... Uh, Microsoft and Sony are worried about what Google might do if they get into this space, so they're allying with each other because that's the best thing they can do. Like Both of them seem to be doing decently well off of it, or be happy with what they're doing right now, or where they're going, so having a new wrench thrown into the system... In case, yeah, if they need to, if, and, and Google is scary, <laughs> let's be clear. Like yeah, Google has a lot of money <laughs> and IP and they control half of Earth. Like that's a thing to worry about. Like and I've thought about it too. Like it wouldn't matter if Microsoft put their stuff on a Sony server. It doesn't it doesn't make a difference. It's about the software, the games they're selling, and kind of the end the end products you're buying that can stream the hardware, like the PlayStation or the Xbox. They could literally both be running their stuff on a Microsoft cloud. I don't know that they'll obviously microsoft gets a lower rate because it's owned by them so mm -hmm. they can get it more efficiently for the price than sony can but i mean but, sony's yeah, sony big needs... enough they can negotiate a good deal and it's like 
They could. I, I could see a future where some of PlayStation servers are running on Xbox on Microsoft servers, and it doesn't make a bloody difference. Yeah, and if Sony needs to respond quickly to the threat of Stadia coming to Microsoft, it'd be the most the best choice because yeah, I mean, sure they're they're market competitors, but uh, they're market competitors insofar as they haven't had a sledgehammer come down on their heads um. <laughs> what i'm imagining is like sony crawling into a dark cave right now someone who represents sony will say kazurai here and he's and then you have you have uh what is it nadia i think that no what's his it's oh, satya nadella satya nadella uh sitting on like a dark throne with fire around him and like a dark cloak like he's like skeletor and then my and then <laughs> and it's like I couldn't stop them in these talking about Google. And then Microsoft is like, I was wondering when you would come. <laughs> and I'm just thinking of Microsoft failing to compete with Google with Bing and all of these other things. <laughs> and then they're just Microsoft like. Microsoft has a long history of wanting to attack Google. Yeah. And they just can't do it. <laughs> so I could actually just see it from that point of view. Just this guy going, mm, yes, yes. <laughs> We were allies the whole time. It, uh, it doesn't matter. They both make gaming platforms and Google. There is a chance. I don't think it will happen. But I've talked about Stadia much more than most people have. Um, and in well, different because ways. I, it, I, think because, people are, I think people are freaked out for no reason, to be clear. But it is a well, threat. It's a, it's a threat to the status quo at a minimum. And, and this, is what, mm. this is what this is. 13 the gta 6 rumors are heating up and i've been hearing rumors of this for a long time before i even made this channel just nothing until now to even report it on my channel but like yeah gta 6 is going to be a masterfully huge game it's going to be from what i can tell a shrunk down version of about a fourth of the united states i'm very excited about that but if you think about it this is the example i give i because this article comes out talking about how um, you can't put this on last gen and they're worried about putting it on PC and people go, what the hell does that mean? And it's like, well, the, here's the problem. Uh, it, it'll run on PC. All right. But there's a certain standard they're going to need to meet. And there's, there's a reason this won't run on last gen, but the Xbox one X uses a hard drive or I guess a solid state hybrid hybrid drive, but it's mostly a hard drive. Okay, it makes it easier to reference things in the OS because of that cache they have built into it. But it's not anywhere near what a solid state drive is if you're really stressing the solid state drive to its maximum capacity. And that's what that sounds like Rockstar is going to do with GTA 6. If you think about it, right, the size of this game, you can get in an airplane. And this is the example I use. You can get in an airplane in Miami and fly to New York. And you can probably fly there faster than airplanes move in GTA 5, which frankly isn't very fast, relatively speaking. And so imagine loading all those terrains, probably all the way to Canada, too. I wouldn't be surprised if they went to, like, Maine a little bit. And and if what we know about what the PS5 might be, like, they're... The big innovation with the PS5 might be essentially eliminating load times. The only way we're removing Poppin is loading the entire game into a RAM cache. And that might be what they're doing. And frankly, it sounds achievable. So why the hell wouldn't they? (laughs) But yeah, let's move on to number 14 then. The PS5 was just 
As of today when we're recording, which is June 5th, this article just came out, a CEO is literally talking about 4K 120 hertz gaming on the PS5, which is something, I, again, I will brag, I've talked about on my channel since its inception, that I think the PS5 has a high chance of 4K 120 hertz gaming. And, and to be clear, if we're looking at what they actually said, they said 4K visuals at 120 hertz. So sure. It, 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 it's a somewhat ambiguous phrasing. So that means the console is capable of spitting out that much data. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, they also talk about AK 60 hertz, too, to be fair. <laughs> AK is still pretty hard unless you have a powerful graphics card, actually. There, there, there's going to probably be an option or 1800p, 120 hertz. It's going to depend. But especially during the launch window where they have extra resources left over, you know, where they made the game kind of on PS4 and then tuned up the settings for the PS5 for the launch. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility, and I hope that's what they and, do. And to be clear, I, I, I don't think we said this, but we probably should. Like, there were a lot of... Uh, there's almost every TV now is 120 hertz. <laughs> like, that's not... Yeah. Super low. That, that, like I, one twenty like almost one twenty hertz isn't some. It, it's not an enthusiast frame rate. I'm gonna be honest. It should be the standard. Like I, I, I mean, it blow. It looks I, so much better to me. It, I mean, yeah. I, I remember. Uh, I, I play on a sixty hertz monitor, and I once I played uh, video games on Tom's uh, one hundred forty four hertz monitor, and the difference was night and day to me. Like. Oh, you immediately said, why is everything so clear or something? Yeah, everything was smooth and clear. It's it, it, it's hard to explain. Like, All right. And now we're done with going through the news. I will just go through some final discussions over reader mail here. And it all was kind of converging around the same questions. Tycoon Bell writes in and he says, Tom, what are your thoughts on buying products from companies that prioritize ethics, even if they create a subpar product? For example, after the 3.5 gigabyte fiasco with the 970, which for those who don't know, the GTX 970 literally was sold as a 4 gigabyte card and they lost this lawsuit. It was a 3.5 gigabyte card. The way you disable segments of Maxwell, if you disabled these... Uh, I forgot the name, the equivalent of a compute unit, right? On there, you have to disable that memory section. And so they were selling a 224-bit card that was 3.5 gigabytes, which, to be clear, I think if on the box it said 224-bit, 3.5 gigabytes, 130 watts power usage, and it games in 1440p well, everyone would have bought that still. But I want to go right to you, Dan, while it's still fresh in your mind. Do you let it guide your... Um, it's really hard for me to say. Uh, so to be fair, pretty much every choice I've ha made in buying a CPU or GPU, any computer component, it really has been the thing to best suit me, like for the price I'm paying. So I, I don't want to try to cast some better than yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's bullshit. Ethics. I think people are very self-righteous uh, and tell themselves that's why they're buying these things. <laughs> yeah, we don't need yeah. to get into that, but I think most people that's probably true and to a degree it's true for me. Where and I think the whole uh mentality of saying you should buy AMD's products because they're the underdog is kind of Kind of doesn't make sense because. Well, let's be clear, Dan. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here. You've li you've literally said to me before, 
I don't think I could bring myself to buy a NVIDIA graphics card maybe ever again. That is true. That's a direct quote. That's a direct quote you said. So for a little backstory, I bought a 560 Ti. That was my first graphics card. It broke. I got a new one. It's like, let's try, uh, let's yeah. try uh, SLI. I could, when I got the two 560 Ti's, I could not figure out why this didn't work. It was an SLI verified motherboard. I was using the right PCIe slots. Both graphics cards worked independently in both slots. So we know each graphics card works, each slot works. Nothing on my system is broken. And they just did not work together. And then when I did 7950 at uh, Crossfire, worked fine. I mean, there were some stuttering issues, but it worked. Um, and every card I've come into contact with that's been made by NVIDIA has also broken almost to like almost 100%. Like I sold those cards and those cards also <laughs> broke. So my ex- exposure to NVIDIA has been nothing about it working and also reading anti-consumer practices. So, frankly, for personal reasons, I don't know if I can get a NVIDIA card ever again. And for reasons that uh, that uh, Tycoon Bell is stating, like ethical reasons, I also think they've violated a lot of uh, they violated a lot of the consumer trust. So, my experience with NVIDIA has been entirely negative. So, keep that in mind with when I talk about NVIDIA, which I do try to eliminate that bias when I talk about them. Ultimately, if I had to condense my viewpoint down, I think a lot of people justifying ethics concerns, really they're just trying to add something onto why they don't like a company. I mean, I have an Intel, I have an Intel CPU. Yes. And I acknowledge that Intel violated uh, antitrust laws at one point. I don't know. It's kind of a balance. If everyone would have bought Bulldozer... AMD wouldn't have made Ryzen. Mm-hmm. So clearly the answer is not just supporting a company because of self-righteousness. Buy the best product, but don't fall for the marketing. And I think that's what it really comes down to. I think people who say I'm supporting the underdog, it's like, no, you're not. You just know AMD is the best product and you're telling yourself you're a better person. You're not a better person. You just know what you're doing. All right, and the last question, which is actually an interesting one, uh, it's from Will TR, one of my longest supporters and most active. He helped me benchmark, actually, for my Radeon 7 review. Uh, He says, look at all the fanfare around the X570 motherboard launches. Have you ever seen this much backing for an AMD chipset before? You remember Ivy Bridge and Skylake, and they were, like, showing off motherboards, and they're like, now it has this many PCI lanes, and they're PCI 3.0. And I've I've literally never seen that with AMD before. Maybe with Threadripper, I guess, was the first time I saw it. They are very prominently discussing the new X570 chipset and all of the features it has, which I get why they're doing it. There are a lot of cool features that are, they're not even new necessarily, but I feel like they've been relatively slow to adopt. Yeah, I guess what I'm going to say is, and I think this is what he was getting at too, is it's like the fact that you see so many manufacturers and AIBs talking about an AMD chipset, like just fighting over each other to show off their version of the newest. Oh, yes, I, I... I admittedly had that part of the Computex thing muted. 
<laughs> but yes, yeah, so I do remember that that was there. Yeah, and you and and I, I just remember every Intel launch, everyone, no one cared. It was like, yep, it's five to ten percent stronger. Yeah. If you're if you're three generations old, I guess you'll get the new Intel processor because you have to. And. But then everyone was like, yeah, but look at PCI 3.0. They're adding NVMe or mSATA drives. Look at all the SATA (laughs) 3.0. I remember that being a thing back then. And now they're doing it. Look at PCI 4.0. Look at how many PCI lanes we have for SSDs over here. Like literally gigabytes showing off ssd speeds you couldn't get before like and it's like yeah it's because they know amd's the market leader now i guess that's what i'm at least getting at by answering this question is it's just like that they know they know that now they need a fight over amd market share not intel because intel's got nothing and i saw some skylake x chipsets and man they look like holographic pokemon cards all the shiny shit all over it <laughs> but but i was like who cares thread rippers out <laughs> <laughs> and that was the first time i even saw parody where people were advertising threadripper motherboards as much as intel and now they're not even talking about intel motherboards all right well that's all of the reader mail which we open every day with letter openers yes i do it personally uh, anything else to talk about at all um there's nothing else i have but uh for anyone listening to this, thank you for <laughs> bearing with me. This is shut the up. First... <laughs> okay. Oh, I thought you were gonna read the uh, credits, and I was like, "This is my job." No, no, I'm just saying. Uh, anyone that listen uh, for people that listen to this, uh, I hope I hope you like hearing me talk. I I think I, I hope <laughs> I added something useful to the discussion. Uh, we put up with Dan this whole goddamn time. And I hope my mic isn't terrible, and I'm sorry if it is. I don't record well, have... audio very much. No, and that's something you'll get used to. You <laughs> have been moving your mouth away from it pretty often, though, I'm going to be honest. I try not to, and I See, usually now realize... it's perfect. And I usually realize midway through talking that I'm doing it, but... Well, so it kind of works for emphasis for this episode. But, but keep in mind... Um, I'm a I'm a lab rat. I that that's my yeah, job. Yeah, he lives in the trash. I, I I'm a little lab mole person. That's right. He's wearing a minor cap right now. I always uh, wear my minor cap. It actually has nothing to do with being a lab rat. He's always had a minor yeah. cap. He's gone since he's five years old. It's like his blankie. Our parents were weird. Yeah, that's just something I like doing, honestly. But well, we're yeah. from the Midwest, so we're all coal miners, right, Dan? <laughs> Everyone in the Midwest is a coal miner. Everyone in the Midwest is a coal miner and owns 100 guns. Yeah. That's what my viewers in the Europe seem to think, at least. <laughs> That's what people... And I, uh, I mean, anyone I still listening to this podcast is loving the joke, so they'll be okay with that. <laughs> and if you're still listening now, I hope that means that you love me because I am desperate for any type of affirmation. <laughs> That's right. Make sure you say you're at least okay with Dan <laughs> in the comments. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Hey. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you. Broken Silicon, a PC hardware and gaming podcast, is brought to you by me. 
Tom, of Moore's Law is Dead, and also co-hosted by my brother, Dan. Please visit Moore's Law is Dead at YouTube to see much more in-depth analysis of AMD, Intel, and NVIDIA products and rumors. Also, if you love this podcast, please subscribe and consider giving me a review on your distributor of choice. It really does help. And if you really like this and my other content, please consider supporting me on Patreon at Moore's Lost Dead. Unlocked or higher supporters get to submit questions and have in-depth discussions with me after videos and podcasts. Plus, there are a lot of intelligent people on the included Discord channel that are having some pretty enlightening hardware discussions right now, and I bet they wish you could join them. In fact, I will now give thanks to my Netburst or higher supporters immediately because I could not afford to dedicate the time or resources necessary to providing this content you like without these supporters. And so, without further ado, well, actually, let me say this. This is not a stitched together edit of every name that I have recorded recently. Every week, I say the same thank yous to all the names on my list again, because I want to remember all the people making this possible. On June 6, 2019, Bootman, Hunter Drake, Jeffrey Solanke, Ben Grossen, Dean, Ruckus, Justin Yant, Orion Wolf, Thomas Rupp, Tomas Paraj, Jesse Blanton, Will L., and Jordan Betcher. Oh, and also a special thanks to one of my favorite bands, Sahara. They allowed me to use their music in my content when I didn't even have a thousand subscribers. No, they're not the stupid rap band no one's heard of. This is a different band you probably haven't heard of that is an indie rock band. You can find them on Sahara Sucks at SoundCloud.com, and I will close out this episode by finishing one of my favorite songs by them. 